The Made to Move podcast is where we explore the science behind human movement and how to ditch diet culture. With the occasional rant or two about the madness within this healthcare system and fitness industry. I'm Christine Ebley, current physical therapy student slash personal trainer and former research assistant. Join me as I break down, reframe, and discuss with my fellow healthcare and fitness professionals as to how and why we've missed the mark. This is where you'll learn why you were made to move, no matter who you are. Hey, everybody. We are rounding out on December here. I am currently driving back to Illinois in my car. So as the semester comes so close here, I've been really nervous about finals, of course, and thinking, oh my God, I don't know any of this. I'm going to fail. Like, this is going to be a huge disaster, yada, yada. I should say that's been on a backdrop of a larger thing that's been bouncing around in my head. Well, actually quite some time now. And that's, what does it mean to be a real expert on something? So here I am feeling like I don't know anything. Meanwhile, I have spent all semester trying to learn something. Granted, it's been online, it's been chaotic, but I do think I've actually learned something. And this made me think of something that a mentor of mine told me in undergrad, and she said it, and it, it kind of struck me at the time, and I never really let go of it. And I actually say it to Sammy, my boyfriend, all the time. So what she said was, the more you know, the more you don't. And I was like, oh, well, first of all, in undergrad, I'm like, wait, what? Why am I here? I want to know all of it. <laughs> Especially being involved in research as I had and continue to be, I can't think of a truer statement. Every single time that we learn something else, we almost feel less competent and less understanding of the greater picture because that little bit of information has really revealed the complexity of whatever system or whatever area we're studying. Now, I promise this is going to come back to fitness because I think there's a lot out there that we need to be careful of. So this will hopefully give you a couple things to look at as far as can I trust this person? Do they think they know what they're saying and maybe don't have the full picture? Do they actually really know what they're saying? So as I'm, you know, trying to figure out, like, where am I? Do I know enough of this information for finals? Like, what do I need to keep studying? Where are my areas of weakness? All that good stuff. A lecture last week actually specifically talked about the framework that's called the Dunton-Cougar effect. And essentially, there, there's these couple curves. And of course, for this podcast, I went back and looked at the original study by Dunting and, and Kruger, two people, who um, discovered this. What the effect is, I'll just get down to it, it's that when you're beginning to dive into an area, when you first start, you grossly overestimate your abilities compared to what they actually are. Then you reach a point where you're like, oh my God wait, I actually don't know anything. You start to actually learn more. So in the process of learning more, you actually feel less competent. And so your confidence starts to take a hit, but it's now approaching closer to your increasing knowledge curve. And there's a point in time when those two things cross. This is what's interesting. So once you become a true expert, once you start ranking in, and I'll get into the study in a bit here, but once you start ranking in the top 25%, whatever it is that you're doing, that's when you actually start underestimating your ability compared to what your objective knowledge is. So the graph is this. There's the competence line, which is actual knowledge, and then there's the perceived knowledge. So we call it confidence. Competence and confidence. So once you get a little bit of competence, 
your confidence skyrockets. And so you have maybe, let's just, we'll just use a zero to 10 scale because we're all good with that. You'll have like a two on the competence and then like your confidence is an eight, right? Those don't match. That's what's considered a novice. Then as your competence, so your understanding of an area starts to increase to maybe, let's say five, hitting at that 50th percentile now. Then you, it's like awakened. Your eyes open up and you're like, oh my God, I don't know anything. And then your confidence, so your self appraisal tanks way down and now they're closer but your confidence line is still above your competence line and as you continue to gain knowledge and gain knowledge and now you actually know get a nine out of ten you know 90 percent of the material you're getting an a but as you start to reach that upper quartile there you start to underestimate what you actually know that's where we start to get into things like imposter syndrome and feeling like Oh, I don't know anything. When really, like, you are trained and you know, you, you know more. So that's essentially the effect that they found. Now, how do they do that? Well, they went ahead and divided out the bottom 25% of people on the score and said, how well do you think you did? They thought that they did better than average. Meanwhile, they were in, like, the bottom 25 percentile. And they're like, okay, well, maybe they just think that everyone else is dumb. But interestingly, they also went ahead and scored themselves as objectively, so now we're talking right and wrong answers, not in relation to anyone else, getting like 55% higher than they actually did. So what does this have to do with fitness? Well, my friends, I'm not sure if you've noticed, there is a lot of noise out there. And one of the reasons that I made this podcast to begin with is I really want to help people figure out who the hell to listen to. So let's keep this curve in mind because I think fitness is a perfect example as to where this tends to happen a lot. A lot of times when people first get interested in fitness, which it's a great thing, I love it, I'm here for that all day, every day, all the time. Someone sees really good results for themselves, right? So you can argue that that's the novice area. No formal training, they just, you know, they got in there, they did research, they tried out a couple things and then they had really good like anecdotal results. Awesome, love that. So I would argue that that's novice, right? No formal training, like I said. The trouble starts to come when you have those same people who get out on Instagram, and it's well-intended. It's really well-intended, most of the time, not all the time. But they get out on Instagram or whatever, and they start saying, I have this perfect program. It does this, this, and this. All these sorts of things. And then you look, and there's no mention of their background, and they're like, well, I self-taught everything, and blah, 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 blah which I do think you can do. I think formal education is great, but also I know a lot of people who are formally educated who also, I feel like, don't know what they're doing. So it can go both ways. However, if someone is coming out and pushing that they're great and they know all these sorts of things, the in-your-face type, hey, I know what's best, eh, that's where you want to ask questions. Because according to this research, granted this was in 1999, some things are just hold true. <laughs> just because it's older doesn't mean it's wrong. But it tends to be the people who really can sit back and say, I don't know the answer to that question because that actually involves this area, this area, and this area and can sit and actually have a conversation with you about not just that they don't know. This is my opinion now. Just admitting that you don't know takes humility, but it doesn't necessarily take knowing. I think it really just takes humility. Once you get on that expert curve, the top 25% now, that's what people think that everyone else knows the same stuff. That's actually what they found in the study. So once you start underestimating your relative performance 
it's because you think that everybody else around you also knows that same stuff. So with that said, then, they did an interesting thing where they, once they had them revise and appraise someone else's performance, then they were able to accurately self-adjust to like what, what they actually got. So they're able to look back, reflect, and appraise, oh, in fact, I know this, this, and this, you know, I am actually am good in this area. However, when they did the same thing with the people from the bottom quartile, they couldn't do that, which is super interesting. Once they looked at everyone else's and graded some other people's exams or scores, and then were asked again, okay, now how do you think that you did? After seeing people who did better than them, they were unable to accurately recalibrate where they were. So if you're, if you're on the top 25% and you see a bunch of other people's work, you can be like, oh, actually, yeah, I, I do think I know more than I thought. And then, therefore, you're more accurately appraising or analyzing the situation and where you fall. Now, on the other end of things and the lower quartile, when these people were presented with information that objectively said, hey, you actually weren't as good as maybe you initially intended, they were still unable to, to recognize that and adjust their self-assessment accordingly. And that's scary. Depending on who you are, when you're talking about paying someone X amount of dollars to go ahead and make a big program for you, and it's someone who can't necessarily recognize their incompetence in a certain area, and maybe that's because someone has, I don't know, I don't know, autoimmune disorder or something, and then the, the trainer is like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like fine, it's fine, it's fine, I like totally know what I'm doing, blah, 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 but they're not able to necessarily like accurately appraise what's going on and adjust what they're doing, then that can be a problem. So all that to say is things to look out for. Number one, if someone's claiming to, like self-proclaiming to be an expert, eh, be a little careful about that. Unless it's like undeniable, they've gotten like awards upon awards, like, I don't know. Like you can't say Darwin isn't the expert in evolution. Like that's just like so painfully obvious. But you know what I mean, like the people who maybe are fresh out of school and just say like, I'm already an expert without having the time to mull over and over things. That's where we get a little dicey. Now to bring that back to the physical therapy world, there was a post by Taylor Eckel on Instagram. She's a physical therapist, love her account, really raises excellent points. And she was specifically talking about this and how <laughs> the initial caption said, I am not an expert. And it was discussing how physical therapists, I think this could be said for a lot of different fields, but physical therapists specifically are marketed and branded as movement experts. I think, yeah, some of us are for sure. We're certainly more educated on different areas and can become a true expert in very specific lanes. Like it's putting a lot of pressure on new graduates to say, hey, I know everything already. While we haven't necessarily been in the clinic and haven't like had those scenarios come up where we're like, that doesn't make sense and dive on into it. Likewise with training and all this fits pro stuff. You have someone, again, I'll go back to the example who really likes to work out and like gets great results for them. Okay, I'm not discounting that experience. I'm not discounting the knowledge that they do have, but has it met the bar enough to be able to go and claim that they're gonna have someone do a bunch of different things and it's super tailored and super safe and all that kind of stuff, it really comes down to the price for me. If someone's like charging a little bit and it's like compatible for the true knowledge that they have, that's fine. But if you're having someone who like has like no experience and just got recently certified as a personal trainer and has no like background and degree, that's where I question some things. 
not hating on the personal trainer certification exam, but I did take it. I took one of the ACSM one, which is more medically related, like what do you have to screen for? It, it was pretty straightforward. And I would say that that does not mean you're an expert if you pass that exam. By no means. So if someone's a certified personal trainer, for sure, it has weight. I hope whoever you're training with is certified, at least. But it really comes down to that individual. What have they done in their own personal career path to really dive in and, and help you with whatever whatever it is. Now, if that's not what you're looking for and you, you don't need something super fancy, just get out there. Just move. That's fine. But I think we get so confused because we have everyone coming at us and saying, I'm an expert because I did this, blah, 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 and I'm an expert and I did this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like your head starts to swirl because sometimes they're conflicting. And sometimes the, con- the conflicting information isn't necessarily wrong one way or the other, but it, you can't boil it down to the black and white. And it, I think it takes a true expert who's able to sit and articulate and explain to people why it is X, Y, Z in this scenario and ABC in that scenario. But here is literally a perfect example in training. One of my clients, she has done keto. It's worked for her and, and all that good stuff. With that, we've run into a couple problems here and there where she'll forget to eat before training and then her body is just like, what are you doing to me? I need quick energy and I don't have it. She hadn't been on it for like years and years and years where her, she's super adjusted. So I'd always be like, you need to eat something beforehand. And she's like, oh, I know. Anyways, she, so she's in a Facebook group talking about keto dieting and all that. And first of all, I'm not against keto dieting. I'm not against any type of way someone's going to eat if that. It's what makes them feel physically good. Whatever. I don't care. So I was not about to step outside of my scope of personal training, physical therapy related type things, and jump into metabolism. Two separate things. I know some about metabolism because they do cross over, but I'm not going to act like I know. I could go look into it, but I haven't. So I wasn't going to say one way or the other. That said, in her keto Facebook group, she mentioned to me, she's like, yeah, you know, it was interesting. There was like a little tiff going on in the group as Facebook does. And I might not be saying this exactly correct, but it was something along the lines of another person was having similar problems that my client was as far as like kind of getting an upset tummy while working out, like while on keto and not necessarily knowing like when to eat around exercise, all that good stuff. And so someone pops in the comments and is like, Hey, my daughter is studying right now for a personal training exam and says that, no, you need to have carbs around your workout, like absolute dogmatic, like you need to blah, blah, blah. First of all, let me just get this straight. Personal training and nutrition are two separate issues. Okay. They're two separate fields. They correlate. I think people can be knowledgeable and give accurate advice in both, but skim in the top is not good enough to just get handout advice. I was talking to my client in this session. I was trying to articulate this curve that I'm talking about saying like, yeah, you know, when you first start to learn stuff, it seems so simple and clear because you're, you're hitting that first layer of knowledge. You're hitting more of the, the straight up basics, the, the simplified version of things because you're trying to learn it, right? You start small and you get excited and you want to tell everybody and solve everybody's problems. And I'm like, I'm guilty of that myself to an extent. I'm like, but I'm not a nutritionist. I don't know all the effect of keto specifically on exercise. I know general basics. I'm like, but that's it. And she's not even certified yet. So I was telling her that as an example of someone putting the cart before the horse, 
and well-intentioned, I'm sure, because people want answers. You know, we live in a quick world. People don't like to hear, I'm not sure. People don't like to hear, it's a complicated answer, and you're going to have to put in a little bit of time and critical thinking to understand the answer. I'm not faulting anybody for that, but for, for someone to go on and ask a valid question, and then someone who has just dip their toes in the field of fitness and so forth and to say something so absolute i'm sure then discourage and likely confuse the person on the other end of that screen so just be careful realize that just because someone maybe looks a certain way which is a lot of genetics anyways and, and something worked for them it doesn't necessarily mean that their advice is fully sound for you at the same time experience is valid Make sure you, you recognize that someone's experience isn't necessarily a full universal truth. Because I think right now, I'm going to stick to online space, commenting on that. There's too much of the overconfident novice. There's too much confidence and not enough competence. And likewise, I think it's on some of the seasoned fitness and just exercise professionals who maybe are on the other end of the curve and saying, oh God, I don't even know anything. They got their beautiful Instagram spread and it looks so polished and perfect. I don't know what I'm doing, all these sorts of things, but those are the people who know the real science of, of what they're talking about and they're afraid to get out there. Now as a whole, I think now there's some really great people who can recognize where they're at accurately on that curve. And the last thing I wanna leave as a word of encouragement is that you can move on this curve. They did find in another portion of the study that by providing someone with educational material, so a training packet, directed towards whatever the, I think it was the logical reasoning portion, that helped those who were previously performing in the bottom quarter to accurately assess their work and recognize their areas of incompetence. And that's super encouraging. So I hope I haven't made anybody feel like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on at all. And I thought I did. Oh my gosh. Midlife crisis. Not a big deal. We've all been there. When I first came out of school, I was like, I know everything. I have this degree. I mean, I knew a lot more than like the average meathead going to the gym. But I think there was certainly an element of overconfidence in there for sure. And I hope I got my point across that, hey, watch out for those novices who are a little overzealous. Listen to the people who maybe don't give you a straight answer because they understand all the shades of gray in there. Also, respect the people who recognize where they are and are trying to learn and educate themselves. I think that that's really, really where we need to go. With how canceling and all this nonsense, no one wants to admit that they're wrong for fear of the repercussions. And I think that that's so damaging. It's so, so damaging. I mean, not just sociopolitically, but to science in any healthcare field. I think that that's specifically what makes science and the allied health professions what they are is because we recognize areas of fault and need to improve. So it really just encourages all to push ourselves because education's the way to go, whether that be formal or self-educated. Thanks for bearing with me. I will see you on the other side of finals. Bye.